Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Charlie. So this is the second episode in our series for our Say Hey campaign for January's Health and Wellness Month. In each episode, we'll talk with local experts on different aspects of health and wellness, correct some common misconceptions, and offer some insight and resources for achieving your own state of wellness in the new year. This week, I am joined by Kat Koo, founder and operator of Chicago Hot Yoga, formerly B-Yoga. Chicago Hot Yoga is a place for all people to come and heal. Open for over 15 years, they have helped thousands of students of all abilities, ages, and conditions learn to make positive changes for themselves in a welcoming environment. Kat's mission is to help people create positive change in their lives, body, mind, and soul in a warm and welcoming environment. Good morning, Kat. Hello. Thank you very much for having yes, me. Yes. Thank you for joining me today for, again, our, our second episode in our health and wellness series. You know, last week we talked a little bit with Sanat and Leah from PXM about sort of science behind fitness in your body and physical movement and nutrition. And I'm excited to delve today and with you into yoga and mindfulness and sort of I, I know peace and meditation are a big part of what you uh, what you do as well. So I always like to start by getting a little background on our guests, your business, of course, and your personal health and wellness journey. Sure. Well, I started yoga in January of 2005. I was living in Canada at the time, and I used to live next to this hot yoga studio. And as I would walk by, they had a panel of windows that would face the street, and I would see these hot sweaty, half-naked people in the middle of winter. And <laughs> after class, they would all pour out of class and sit on the little cement stoop outside of the place. And steam would be coming off their bodies. And I just thought, how interesting and <laughs> a little bit strange. Yeah. But I kind of want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting image. An interesting image, exactly. So I gave it a go. And that's when I started to practice. And I had a very nice teacher. And I wouldn't go so far as to say she conned me into practicing. <laughs> but at the end of my first class, I thought, what was that? And it was so overwhelming, so hot. And I thought, I'm never coming back again. It was so hard. <laughs> and as I came out, she said, you did wonderfully. And I go, I did? And she said, I'll see you tomorrow. And I thought, uh, okay, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. I, I guess I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> I guess I'll be here tomorrow. And I was every day since. Well, not a bad thing to get conned into though, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, so actually then I want to start out by asking, you know, I know yoga. I think everyone, uh, a lot, most, a lot of people have tried some form of yoga in their lives. But mm -hmm. what is hot yoga? Tell me about hot yoga. So what we teach is the original hot yoga sequence. It's a set sequence of 26 postures and two breathing exercises in a hot yoga room. And it's a very, very therapeutic yoga sequence. Yoga as a whole encompasses all levels of a person. So your physical body, the most tangible, your mental, emotional state, your spiritual practice. And modern yoga has, especially in this country has increasingly focused on using the physical body to help you practice yoking all of those other aspects of yourself into one. And so hot yoga in particular is where you practice hatha yoga, the physical practice of yoga in a heated room to a set sequence. And it's absolutely amazing. How hot's the room? It's 105 degrees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's, uh, yes, so it's hot. But actually, the temperature of the room is not, the exact temperature of the room is not super important. It can range from like 105 to 110 down to 100. It just kind of depends on the weather. Mm -hmm. The most important part of it is the yoga practice itself and your internal experience. 
great. I mean, I, I'm generally a person, I tend to run warm. So I, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind the Chicago winners, I think, to the same degree. But I also see the appeal of, you know, going into a room where you're, you're sort of in that, you're, uh, I, I imagine it's a place where you get very concentrated in your mind and in your body. And mm-hmm. uh, I'd be curious to try it. I've never done hot yoga oh before. Oh my gosh, you got to try it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So, you know, we talked a little bit before the episode, kind of going back and forth on how and what we wanted to discuss. And I want to hear more about yoga and hot yoga and the mental and physical benefits that they offer. But I'd also, I think we discussed a little bit topics about sort of forming lasting habits and body awareness and emotional awareness and utilizing those tools to actually shape and reframe the perspectives of reality, which is a direct quote from you that you gave me in, in an email. And I was thinking about it for, for a while after, cause I was, we talk, you know, we could talk about what we're going to speak at a later point with some, uh, some uh, people about more intense mental health. But it's, I think sometimes we forget the idea of being able to change your perspective with other aspects of fitness and other aspects of habits and awareness besides just say, focusing on your anxiety or focusing on your uh, however you're feeling emotionally at a time. So I'd love to hear more from you about how yoga encompasses all of the aspects of health and also how you've seen it seep into your life outside of the studio and maybe how some of your student you've seen your students uh, react or feedback you've gotten from them about how it's seeped into their lives outside of the studio. Absolutely. So You know, one of the first things that happens in a yoga class is, and it doesn't matter what style of yoga is, you're kind of called to be present. You know, maybe firstly with the most tangible things like your bodily felt sensations or being aware of your breathing. So it's a very direct, very easy way maybe easy is not quite the right word. It's a way that every person can have some kind of relatable experience. It's a learned thing to be able to be aware of how you feel. Mm -hmm. Then later, as you develop your practice, you begin to be aware of your emotional state, the thoughts that might be running through your head, especially the repetitive thoughts and the habitual things that you're saying to yourself, whether positive or negative. Mm. When that starts to happen in your yoga practice, it can be a little bit... (laughs) It can be a lot because most of us go through our days without really having consciousness about what it is that we're thinking. And many people can have repetitive negative thoughts throughout the course of the day or maybe even have the experience. I think everyone's had this experience where you have completely contradictory thoughts in the thousands over the course of the day, Mm. you know, about anything can be mundane, about work, about family, about anything. But what starts to happen is as you begin to practice yoga, and this doesn't even have to be the goal, by the way, you can simply go to yoga and focus on the physical aspects of it, if that's what appeals to you. And the rest of it kind of follows when you're ready. So you don't even have to start there. But just naturally, what starts to happen is when you begin to be aware of the thoughts that you're having, you can pause You know, you can have a moment of silence where you really begin to observe and listen to yourself. And in those moments, when everything stops, it's almost as if time holds still. And there is no time and there you have wisdom. And there you can practice a lot of compassion for yourself you have reverence for life. And because you have reverence for life, you have reverence for life of the people around you. And so just through this natural process, and it is the most natural thing, but we're just constantly distracted, Mm -hmm. right? Through this natural process of concentrating, building consciousness, building awareness, little by little, we start to choose, we start to choose or recognize or remember who it is that we are and who it is that we really are, like our most loving, our most infinite selves. And we start to see that in other people. 
that's one of the things it's like when you're when you start to be able to be aware of how you're thinking what am i thinking and should i and then when you have the thought your thought is that thing in its highest vibration if you constantly have the thought oh my gosh i suck at this i suck at this i could never do this i could never do this i could then you've decided you already decided you can't and it sounds like it might sound corny but it's true you're what you're saying to yourself can shape your experience your live experience of the things that are happening so for example you know the same experience can happen to two different people and just the perspective of what that experience was can change that person's level of happiness unhappiness their actual experience of it that has to do with the perception of it more so than the actual event whatever it was and the more you're able to practice things like for example gratitude and i don't mean just like saying you know thanks for this or like um kind of a throwaway thing but really deeply felt gratitude for even something small like for example if you think about your morning and you think about one thing that happens to you today i know it's i know it's morning it's not it's super <laughs> early but if you think about one thing that happens to you today that you're grateful for and you really feel it so i'm, I'm going to do the same thing i think like for example this morning i took a walk with my son and my dog and we were getting blown over by the wind <laughs> and we had a great laugh and it's like when i think of that it fills my heart with warmth yeah and it feeds appreciation for that moment or i looked up and the the sky was incredible and i was filled with a great appreciation for that and so like even when things are challenging even when things are challenging if you're able to practice appreciation for those things or at least take a lesson from it then the sooner you can turn that experience into a blessing the sooner it will be that for you yeah well i mean i think you tapped into at least something i'm sure i can definitely personally relate with and i'm sure a lot of other people can too is this i feel like these days we wake up we go through our day we go to bed we wake up over and over and we i can't help but have a million thoughts in my head mm -hmm. i mean like you said about work or about family or I, i you know i wake up and go to bed thinking okay here are the things i have to do tomorrow but it's 11:30 at night i can't do anything about right. them right now i have to do them tomorrow and you said that it might sound corny but it doesn't because i think even just hearing you talk about it right now my thought is wow i would love to have a moment where i'm thinking about one thing Mm -hmm. and where that one thing is focused on me it's not focused on work it's not focused on family where i i don't have this million thought these million thoughts going through my head because it's exhausting it's mm -hmm. exhausting to be thinking about everything all the time and i feel like we're whether through the media or social media or or just our day-to-day -day lives we're bombasted with all of these mm -hmm. these concerns and worries and anxieties so i mean would you say that it sounds not simple but it sounds like an obvious thing to do is mm. sit be aware and have one thought at a time but i imagine that's something that is probably more difficult than it sounds is that something you find is challenging for people when they come in and start is to realize they need to focus just in that moment or the process of doing that is harder than it seems Absolutely, but you know the thing is it's challenging for people if they've been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years. Mm. It's partly a practice and it's it happens as part of the practice so it's not necessary. In the beginning, you got to start somewhere, right? So say by nature you're somebody who is very I don't want to say overstimulated, but maybe by nature, say for example, you might be somebody who has a lot on your plate. and you might be wound up a little bit tighter thinking about everything and everyone all the time for a person who might come in who might be a little bit more anxious to begin with definitely it can be challenging but the beauty of yoga is you can start anywhere 
And I think one of the myths is that when you've been practicing a long time, that this doesn't happen. You know, even when, even now when I sit in meditation, it takes me time for those thoughts to start to quiet down. And you start anywhere, which is one of the reasons I suspect that the physical practice of yoga has been very popular in the West is it gives you a very tangible thing to focus on, like your body. Mm -hmm. So it's like everyone, you know, you can focus on a body part and it makes it very simple. But as long as you start, then it's perfect. You can start anytime. You're never too old. <laughs> You're never too, you know, bad. You're never too anxious. You're never too anything. That was the thought in my head. Is like you never. Am, am I too anxious to start? No, is that perfect? Is that why I should start? Sort That's of why, thing. Yeah. yeah. You always got to start where you are, and if you allow yourself to start where you are, and you practice self acceptance of where you are, because we're all having a human experience, right? We're all. You know, we're all spiritual beings, but we're all having a human experience. And with that's going to come some challenges. So we take ourselves as we are and you go step by step and everybody stumbles and falls. So you just accept where you are. You stumble and fall. You just try your best not to beat yourself up. It's all right. And just start again and again. But it's a practice. When um, the thing I think of is like, when Buddha attained enlightenment, he didn't stop meditating or any of the Buddhas. When any of the Buddhas, when they attained enlightenment, none of them stopped meditating because it's a practice. Yeah. It's it's not a lock you're picking. It's uh Right. It's it's the process. Right. Well, um, so I'm curious then how you've seen either for you or or students you've worked with, how you've seen the practices of yoga and, and the goals of yoga affect other aspects of your life. Because, you know, one of what we, what I've been enjoying talking to people about is how these practices help seep into the other aspects of life, whether it's about creating new habits or being more mindful in the yoga in, in the studio can translate to being more mindful at work, learning mm -hmm. how to take that second and learning how to focus on yourself more. So I'm curious what you've seen in your experience, but mm -hmm. also in students that you've worked with before. Oh, absolutely. We see it all the time. So maybe starting with my personal experience, when I began yoga, I was very depressed and I <laughs> frankly had quite a grim outlook on life. <laughs> it's not unusual to find these days too. Right, right. And I, you know, was suffering from PTSD. And so what happened was, um, you know, like, as it, as it pertains to the experience of being, building awareness, building consciousness of what's happening internally, I began to notice in yoga class while we were doing a bunch of postures, I thought at the time looked a little silly. I started to feel better physically, but I started to notice how what I was doing outside of my life, whether it was, you know, say how I ate, my day to day habits, what I was thinking, how I was feeling, how those things affected me as a person, my experience on this earth as a person. And what started to happen was I was at the time experiencing kind of a, I would call it like a downward spiral of thoughts. Mm. And for me personally, at the time, by nature, I'm an introvert. So I have a hard time sharing with people my personal experience. It's different now because I talk to people all the time now. Yeah. But then at the time, especially as a young person, I really struggled with that. And so even though talk therapy is very helpful for so many people, it just didn't work for me because it wasn't like I, I just had a hard time expressing those things. But through the practice of yoga, I, I started to be aware that I did have these sort of negatively spiraling thoughts, and they started to slow down just by me being aware of them. And eventually, they stopped. Of course, not altogether. Once in a while, something will come up, and then, you know, you just notice it. And then what started to happen was the thoughts started to spiral upwards. So mm -hmm. I started to have thoughts that were more focused on appreciation, more focused on gratitude. So you you look for the joy and beauty of life in all things. And just by virtue of 
looking for the joy and beauty of life in all things. I want to see love in all people. So I always want to see the best in people. I always want to see the joy and beauty of everybody. It shifts your, it colors your experience of the world. It's amazing. And I've heard, I have so many students, it's hard for me to think of one person. But recently, we moved locations. Mm -hmm. So we had a longstanding location on Clark Street, and we've recently moved to Damon and Argyle. And um, when we moved, I put a little book out for my students to write notes. And I kind of wish I brought that book <laughs> so I could share some of the things that they wrote. Mm -hmm. But they were so genuine and so heartfelt. And they were filled with stories about how either physical pain was removed from the body, how their mental anguish was better. I have a young, I have a young student whose mother also is a student of ours and father, but less, less so. But her parents said to me, sometimes when something is going wrong, or something's, you know, agitating for everyone in the house, our child, she's in her mid 20s, you know, our child is the most calm, and the most even keel wow. out of everyone. Yeah. And, you know, we have a lot of students who treat it as like one of the most important things that they can do for themselves, because especially our students who are parents, because you're only, especially when you're in a position where you have to care for other people, it's very easy to put other people first all the time. Mm -hmm. And you must be able to care for yourself to be able to provide care for other people. Like, you know, if you're, say if your parent is stressed out all the time as a child you'll feel it you know i mean and i imagine that that's i i agree completely we especially depending on what you do for work you tend to put mm -hmm. other people you may not even know at all before yourself and it's a lesson i think we've all especially since covid where we were all so isolated and we really only could think of ourselves in that moment too uh where it's it's gotten more difficult to manage even if we're more aware of it but i would imagine you know part of this campaign we're doing the say hey campaign the idea is that even just saying hi to someone on the street is good for your health mm -hmm. and developing this kind of self awareness and this mindfulness i imagine you felt and maybe you can you can tell me if you felt in yourself or you've seen in other people that it changes how you interact with others too oh absolutely yeah definitely I think it, it comes back to that thing, you know, like, because say now I feel like I have the best life. Like I really, I really feel that way. Like I just, I get up, I get to be with my students whom I love and we do yoga together and we have great appreciation for each other. And I'm so inspired by them. They're absolutely amazing. I forgot the question. Oh, no, uh, just, <laughs> just um, how much I love no, them. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, see, those are those moments. I really realize I, I want to have more too, though. It's exactly that. But um, uh, just the idea of the the self awareness. I think we. I'll phrase it better too, maybe. But uh, the self awareness. We we don't necessarily always see how we're coming off to other people, and. That I imagine comes from a lack of self-awareness or a lack of presence in a moment. And this seems like the sort of thing that becoming aware of more aware of who of you and how your mind works and and your own uh, internal dialogue helps you understand how you're coming off to other people as well right. and how you're engaging with them. And I mean, you talk about reframing perspectives, even the words you're using as a you know, as opposed to saying something that might be sarcastically negative turning it into a positive statement. Right. So it's like, who who is it that you want to be? And I think part of it is like, when you practice awareness, part of it is taking personal responsibility for your own, like, you know, there's things that are out of your control that happen in your life. I don't mean that. But I mean, like taking personal responsibility for your own feelings, your own um, capacity. And then over time, building reverence for yourself, having reverence for yourself. So you must be able to practice compassion and non-judgment of yourself before you're really able to 
extend that to other people. Mm-hmm. And part of what is so beautiful about our students is that just by being in a room together, they just do it. It's in our nature. It's in our nature to be loving. It's in our nature to be compassionate. And the interesting thing is, I don't actually, as far as this kind of thing goes, I don't actually teach anyone anything that they don't already know. It's only a matter of remembering or being quiet enough for you to see who you really are. And once you do, you're able to be with other people because it's only, it's like you are working on yourself and then the the people around you are working on themselves and then you start to build community and it's beautiful. And if you're able to do that, then the community will support each other. It's beautiful. So actually, then I'd love to talk about the community of it a little bit too, mm-hmm. because um, you know, in, in our conversation last week with Sanat and Leah from PXM, uh, they talked about you know their their form of functional fitness. Community is a big part of it. You mm-hmm. know that you have this group of people supporting you. That it's not competitive. That it's they're keeping you accountable without without pressuring you mm-hmm. and. You know, I'm not as familiar with yoga and in in my mind, you know, you we talk about self-awareness, but how does the camaraderie, how does the community of yoga build? Because, you know, you might think it's just you there completely internally and, and focused on on you, which can, is important. But mm-hmm. how does the community aspect of yoga come in? It's it's so very important. There is a word, there's a Sanskrit word called um, Sangha, and it means you come together with a like-minded group of people and you work on the same thing. You focus on the same things. When that happens, it happens exponentially. So how how community happens, it's hard to put into words, isn't it? At least for me, mm-hmm. it's hard to put into words. It's like a feeling. It is a feeling. And it's heartfelt. It's like when it happens, it's the most beautiful thing. And really, when we teach, we just try to get out of the way. Like the work itself is kind of, one of my teachers would call it a solo journey, but you don't live in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Like we don't live in caves in the Himalayas. Like we live in Andersonville. We live in Chicago, you know? So we have to be with each other and it's beautiful. And part of the practice of yoga is being with each other and just recognizing. It's funny because you're in a room, there's basically a teacher talking and you're more or less quiet. You're quiet when you're practicing. But just by virtue of doing the work, it builds community. And I can't really explain it. Yeah, I just know that when our students who are just the most magnificent people, when they come in, I'm so happy to see them. Like every single one of them, I'm so happy to see them. And they're so happy to be with each other. And they come in and they're chit-chatting. Oh my God, what's going on? You know, <laughs> it's amazing. It's great. Yeah. Even you know? uh, people from all different walks of life too. Absolutely. We uh, run yoga retreats. And on our yoga retreats, we'll have people exactly like you say, from completely different walks of lives, completely different lived experiences, different beliefs, different um, everything. And everyone has the best time getting to know each other. Everyone has the best time creating these really lasting bonds. And yoga means union. So your union, firstly, body, mind, soul, spirit, and also your union with other people. Because when you start to recognize in yoga non-duality, so you have no separation between you and your most divine essence. You have no separation between you and the person next to you and their most divine essence. Mm. You know, we have very human experiences, right? Like we have all sorts of our silly thoughts, our silly habits, our silly everythings. But when it comes down to it, there is something that's the same. There's a quality that's the same in all people. And because in yoga, just naturally, you'll begin to practice 
your, uh, what have we talked about? Personal responsibility, awareness, consciousness, non-judgment, compassion. Humility is a big one. Humility is a huge one. Then you start to be able to be with other people. You're more comfortable with yourself. They're working on being more comfortable with themselves. You start to be able to be with other people and do the same things together, even if they have very different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I'd love to talk. That was going to be one of the the next things I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, spend a little bit of time on habits because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's a topic that is always one of the most topical when we come into the new year. And I know I'm a person, I don't like the idea of resolutions. Mm -hmm. it, it seems like I'm almost making, you know, a pre I'm putting pressure on myself to achieve something that either might be out of my financial ability or in terms of t or time. And so the idea of resolutions is something that I feel like a lot of people have have taken a step back on and looked more more critically at. But I'd love to hear from you in terms of maybe first steps you you have for people in forming new habits for a healthier self, especially for people like admittedly me who, you know, I'd love to come try hot yoga. I'm very, I'm very intrigued and I'm very mm -hmm. interested, but I have a very hard time getting out of my routine. I have a very hard time, <laughs> you know, saying, you know, it's, it's, I just, I have the things I think I have to get done. And then I, I get to the end of the week and I realize I've taken no time for myself. Yeah. So I'm curious what thoughts you have or advice or insight you have for people on trying to get out of that routine mm -hmm. and try something new right. and start forming new habits as opposed to trying to accomplish a, res a, a resolution right. that may not fit into your lifestyle. Right. You know, you're not the only one. I think a lot of folks struggle with that. My girlfriend, she started, um, she's a yoga teacher. She's been teaching for about 10 years or so. Uh, she started a face cream company. Mm -hmm. I saw her recently and she said, she's like, Kat, it is so much easier to sell face cream <laughs> than it is to get people to do yoga. <laughs> and I very much relate to that because most people know, okay, what are the things that I want to do? And if you don't, you might not, right? So say if you are trying to form a habit, the first thing is, what are you, what do you want to do? Okay. So you make it very clear in your mind. Okay. I have this purpose. I have this vision. Like say it might be, I want to come to yoga mm -hmm. or I want to, let's make it even simpler than that. Earlier, we were talking about having a lot of thoughts. How about I want to sit and be quiet with myself. We can start there, right? So you start simple. So instead of saying, okay, I'm going to, and it doesn't have to be this way. It's like some people are very, very good at doing huge things and then committing right away to it. Yeah. But the most important thing is just to show up and do it. So maybe you start with what's sustainable for you. So maybe it is, okay, I'm going to sit quietly with myself for five minutes a day and I'm going to do I'm going to focus on love or I'm going to focus on whatever it is, like whatever it is you want to focus on. Um, sometimes that might be easier than just trying to still your mind mm -hmm. because um, our minds are naturally, especially coming into it, our minds are so active that it's helpful to focus on something first. So maybe the first place is, okay, I want to be quiet with myself and focus in five minutes a day. And of course, you know, maybe the day gets busy, whatever, and five minutes is too hard. Okay. So how about three? But really, I'm thinking five. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you can start with three. Mm -hmm. And three minutes, anyone can do anything for three minutes. So it might just be like, I have to sit in my car. It doesn't have to be perfect is the thing. It's nice. It's nice if you have all of the conditions that make it ideal. But we live in Andersonville. We live in Chicago. It's noisy. There are, you know, buses going by. It's yeah. just life. And we have to live our lives, right? So you start small. You start simple. And you do it sustainably. So you make a habit of doing it like every day i'm going to schedule it in to do it just three minutes five minutes if it's a yoga class same thing just come in come in and block that time out i literally just don't even think about it anymore 
the less it's almost like the less you think about it, the better. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even think about practicing. It's just something that's given every day. I practice it's given. What time am I going to go? Okay. That's the time I'm going to go. I work my life around it because it's that important to me. That might not be the case for everyone right away. And then part of it is cutting yourself enough slack to be able to make mistakes, fall out of a habit and just do it again without beating yourself up about it. Yeah. When I like what you said about focusing on one thing, because like you said, our minds are always active. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like a perhaps a misconception that people unfamiliar with either, you know, uh, the idea of yoga or meditation or mindfulness, the, the first thought is, okay, I'm supposed to empty my mind. Right. And how, no, <laughs> you know, no. what I don't, I feel like whenever I've had that thought or when that was how I thought I was supposed to do it, it almost stressed me out more because oh, I was yeah. thinking, how, how do I do that? I can't. Every time I try, I, this other thing creeps in. Oh, yeah. That's natural. It's totally natural. Like our minds are like monkeys, like, you know, like just <laughs> so you give it something to focus on. And then, you know, things if say with the example of meditation, if you have a thought that comes into your mind, you just notice it. It's like, oh, I'm doing my groceries. Okay. Okay. So, and then you allow it to go. Mm -hmm. And then you just bring your focus back to whatever it is that you're focusing on. So there's a difference between, you'd say there's a difference between noticing or acknowledging versus say dwelling on or right. yeah absolutely yeah so you just it's like you're an impartial observer hmm. so you just observe without judgment so you do have really intense maybe negative thoughts that's okay you just notice it and then because it what you don't want to do is you don't want to repress your emotions right like you don't want to repress anything because they'll just come back your body, your body's interesting. Like your physical body will literally store your emotions. And we see it in people practicing, like people who have a chronic habit of holding tension, like work stress, for example, say in your neck or your shoulders. Some people just get... <laughs> I just relax my shoulders right now because I know I do that. <laughs> right. That's a very common one. Right? Yeah, like yeah. A lot of people who have work stress, it's like they're, you know, it just moves to a part of the body. And the more you repeat it, the more, whatever you repeat, you get better at. So the more you repeat your stressful neck shoulder thing, the more set it is. Interesting. The idea of getting better at stress. You, yep. Many people get better and better at stress. <laughs> oh, wow. I've never thought of it from that perspective, it's though. It's true. But it's like the more you're wiring yourself to react, you know, like your cortisol, adrenaline, like anything, like something happens, a work email comes in and you're like, Rah! Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know what people No, I do that like. with every email. Yeah. Every time I get an email. <laughs> and then how many emails a day do you Right. <laughs> Between how many email accounts. Right. <laughs> um, well, that, no, and I love that because, you know, you've talked about even building that, that those three minutes into your calendar. And now I'm thinking of it from the opposite of how much am I subconsciously building the stress into my calendar? Wow. Now I'm sitting here in this sort of existential mindset being like, wow, I've been lo think looking at my stress the wrong way. Because it's also very easy to feel like something's wrong in your body. And I, I do feel like people generally have, you know, you might not know what, but a, a lot of people have some type of awareness where they say something doesn't feel right. right. I don't know what it is, but right. something doesn't feel right. And we will go straight for vitamins or go straight mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, trying to find out what medical reason we're not feeling mm -hmm. that way and and you know i think it's it's hard for us to imagine that it might not have anything to do with that it, it it's it's us doing this to ourselves mm -hmm. um there's like you said i mean there's no there's no lock to pick there's no magic pill that's going to get rid of your stress right yeah disease yeah oh i like yeah. that well, I don't like disease, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Well, then I'd love to ask you, because this is something I wanted to talk about a lot in this in this campaign, or is the idea of misconceptions about yoga. You know, I'm not familiar with any in particular off the top of my head. So I'd love to hear from you some things that you found people come in either with expectations 
or an idea of that, uh, a myth that you want to bust? Mm, Okay. I think the most often, the most frequent one that we get is probably, I could never do that. I'm not flexible enough (laughs) to be able to come see yoga. I'm not peaceful enough to come see, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you just got to start. Like, if you feel like you're a hot mess, we'll take you. Like, we'll take all the hot messes. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like you know, if you feel, and, you know, you're probably not a hot mess, but then sometimes people will feel like, you know, I, I just got to, I got to, like, um, I was on the phone with somebody last week, and they said, hey, I really miss coming in. And I just, you know, I just need to, like, I wanted to come in last week, but my diet wasn't perfect. And I uh, <laughs> and I was like feeling really stressed out at work and like I had all this stuff going on. And I was like, that's why you yeah, should come in. Yeah. I was like, even if you're like, okay, so like just come in. And it's like it'll meet me wherever you are. And some days might be harder than others, which is normal like everyday life every day is different and it's never boring the other, that's the other thing is sometimes people think oh you do a set sequence so it must be boring but i've been doing this for almost 20 years and it's never once been boring because you are constantly just noticing yourself you constantly do things you start to rewire the way that you think about yourself and you're doing things that you never even conceived were possible and it absolutely 100% applies to your everyday life. It will give you so much freedom to do whatever it is that you want to do because you won't be judging yourself. Mm-hmm. You won't be, you're not afraid. It kind of like dissolves any of the fear you have about trying something, doing something, practicing if you do the work for it. And it's just been the most amazing thing. So I met, and you, you know, in terms of misconceptions, you, the first one you mentioned is that idea of flex, not being able to do mm. it because of flexibility or not being right. able to do it. Uh, do you see people that come in either at uh, the beginning of maybe a new fitness or a new health mm. and wellness journey that is, is that something uh, – I mean, I, you know, I think we all have maybe our own forms of body dysmorphia or our self-consciousness about how we move or our mm-hmm. ability to move. And it's not unusual to go into a fitness environment and compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the idea of not being flexible enough to do yoga, it's ca- its kind of redundant in a way, isn't it? Right, it is. Yeah. So, it's... um Firstly, if you'd like to work in your flexibility, it's a great way to do so <laughs> in, a, in a safe environment. And um, nobody, gosh, it w- wouldn't it be great if everyone stopped comparing themselves to other people? Oh, my gosh. Teach me how. <laughs> <laughs> you would just start to live your life in freedom. But I think the moment you walk in, you realize, oh, my gosh, you know, like there is this person here who's like very, very old oh, there's this person here who's like, looks very different than I do, who moves very differently than I do. And the thing that I think people don't realize is that everybody struggles with something. And sometimes people think, um, you know, I have these issues with my body and I'm the only one who has experienced this kind of pain in my body. Yeah, yeah. Or who's experienced this kind of mental anguish, emotional anguish. And it is always a big deal. Like, it's always a big deal to me. To I don't take it for granted that people are willing to talk to us about those things. But at the same time, it's everyone has something they're working on. Everyone has something. And just by looking on the outside, you never know what someone's experience is. And the only thing is to focus on your own. And like, you don't have to do a posture to a certain depth for you to achieve the benefit of doing the posture. Part of it is, as you say, the process of doing it just by doing it and learning how to enjoy it as you're doing it is amazing. Like, for example, that's another way it might apply to your day-to-day life. Like if you are in a class and you're struggling and you're able to take it as it is, that's amazing. You know, your ability to practice 
that's the key is to practice, to practice, to practice, to practice and not hold judgment about yourself. You just do the best you can. You go as far as you can until you can go farther another day. And then at the end of it, you say, that was good. Well, and what it sounds like is this mindfulness and, and yoga and meditation in this in this way, especially besides just medita- meditation, the physicality you're adding to it, mm-hmm. it's the process, it is the exact process of building a new healthier habit. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of the time with habits, it's, we think it's all or nothing. I have to change how I eat. I have to change how I work out. I have to change how I do this, 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 and this, and this all at the same time. But if you don't know how to build a habit, you don't know how to practice and do something consistently, you can't change all of them. You have to learn right. how to change one first. Right. It's really like um, a step-by-step thing. And it has to be, it doesn't have to be, but it's helpful if it's sustainable. It's easy to do anything one time, but it is much, much, much harder to do anything sustainably over a long period of time. And even if you have built a habit, it's it, you can fall out of it and try to rebuild it. And that's challenging. So it's just a matter of, you know, making it really, really simple. Yeah. Really, really simple. And like you say, it's not all or nothing. I want to touch on this quickly because you mentioned to me as well that you've also worked with people who come in after sustaining serious injuries and other conditions. And it's not necessarily the first thing I think of is that after I've suffered a serious injury, you know, you think of physical therapy, you think of, uh, you know, doing various stretches specifically for that injury. But Mm -hmm. how do you find it helps people that have suffered more extreme injuries or circumstances? Yoga deals holistically with the body. And I can only really speak about our system of yoga because it's very different. There's so many different types of yoga. I'm not, I'm just not as familiar with other types of yoga. Mm-hmm. But just from my personal experience, I'm not a doctor, but we have had a tremendous number of people come in who suffer from pretty common ailments like back pain, knee pain. And a lot of the body movements that you do are similar to body movements that you might do in physical therapy. You're not just stretching. You're not just contracting muscles. It's You're stretching the nerves in your body. You're creating compression in different parts of the body. Your Hatha Yoga practice addresses your physical body as a whole. So you're looking, there's a whole branch of Hatha yoga that has to do with yoga therapy. And part of the roots of our particular style of yoga come from using yoga as preventative medicine. So for example, each posture prepares you for the next. You start class with a breathing exercise, deep breathing exercise. You're oxygenating your body in a hot room, your blood vessels are dilated. That's why I mentioned a hot room. Mm -hmm. And then with a big deal back bend in the neck, you start compression in, you know, by a cluster of nerves at the base of your skull. Then you move to a posture where you're warming up your spine and you hold the posture, the nerves stretch in different directions and you hold and you can create compression in different parts of the body. Then when you release out of the posture, you just had a breathing exercise, right? So your heart rate's starting to come up. Blood will move back through those parts of the body, high-speed blood that's very oxygenated because that first breathing exercise takes about eight minutes. You're deep breathing for like eight minutes. Mm-hmm almost 10 minutes. And then oxygenated blood will move back through those parts of the body. The way you breathe in the postures themselves, you're breathing slowly by the nose, which is important because it affects your nervous system. Like you begin to move from fight or flight to rest and digest. So you're teaching Mm -hmm. yourself to use a different part of your nervous system in what might be like ordinarily a quote unquote stressful circumstance. You're in a hot room, you're moving in postures that are challenging for people, but they don't have to be. They do get easier. I should say that the postures get easier with time and practice like anything else. They will get more and more enjoyable the longer you practice. So as we're finishing up, uh, one thing I just want to ask is, do you have any last 
pieces of advice for our listeners about jumpstarting their health, health initiatives? The simple first step. A simple first step is just to identify what it is that you would like and take the simplest step forward and then cut yourself a little slack. (laughs) Yeah. So if you stumble and fall, don't worry about it. Just get back up, do it again. Don't worry. Don't even dwell on it. Get back up and do it again. Maybe cutting slack in itself is a first step too. Right. Cut some slack to start. The biggest thing I think that prevents people from starting is to think that I can't, I can't, I could never do that. What you were saying earlier, comparing yourself to someone else. Oh my gosh, I could never do that. And that's so much pressure. It's so much pressure. So just take yourself as you are and just start anywhere. Well, Kat, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been wonderful. I'm very intrigued. I want to come try this because... Mm -hmm. I think especially around the holidays, I get to that point where I can't have one thought in my head. It's it's 10 million at one time. Mm-hmm. So as we go out here, where can people find you uh, in Chicago Hot Yoga? Socials, mm-hmm. your address, everything. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me this morning. Um, Chicago Hot Yoga is located at 4945 North Damon Avenue at the corner of Damon and Argyle. You can register for classes at Hot yoga chicago.com and our phone number is 773-907-0291 you can call us you can text us you can just stop by all and forms say hi of communication. all of the forms of communication and then and are we'll you on there. instagram and uh we are our instagram is chicago hot yoga and we are again at 4945 North Damon. And we really appreciate the opportunity to be here. I also wanted to offer a short video for the listeners if you're interested. It's just a short video of affirmations. Affirmations being a positive statement that follows the phrase, I am. And whatever it is that you say after I am are the most powerful things that you can say about yourself. There's a good first step too. Mm-hmm. I'll link that in the episode notes for anyone that would like to check it out. And of course, you can find more info at Chicago Hot Yoga, uh, everywhere Kat mentioned. And Kat, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course.